Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. I have with me tonight Sir Michael. Hello. And myself, Timothy. Hello. We're a book club for games. <laughs> but not today. Today we're going to talk about Zelda and comfort games. Well, Mike, what was the prompt that you gave me gave us originally? Uh, I said, "How would you reinvent Zelda?" And and the brief brief I gave was Breath of the Wild significantly, you know, reinvented the the Legend of Zelda formula. And you know, obviously we're getting a new Breath of the Wild style game in Tears of the Kingdom. But if you had to reinvent Zelda again, how would you do it? So I was saying not necessarily what do you think Tears of the Kingdom is going to do to reinvent the formula, but like if you had to if you had to make another Breath of the Wild level revamp of of the Legend of Zelda in another five years time, give me some concepts for it. I did not do that. That's fine. I am still working. I'm, but the problem is I'm post Elden Ring so I'm still working with that in mind so I'll start with my boring evolution and then we can go with full on revising how Zelda should be well uh, to, be, to be clear like this topic came into my head because I just I had like a random shower thought and I, I literally had like two lines <laughs> that I didn't write down in the show notes and instead I just like wrote how would you reinvent Zelda and then left it to your imagination to figure out what I meant I mean in my mind I thought we were just going to try and predict what's going to happen in Tears of the Kingdom I I think that's fine I mean to be fair that is a more logical topic for this podcast given the time we're at so tell me so let me start with let me start with the mechanics then so Breath of the Wild had a real problem with with weapon durability and weapons Mm. I had a long thing about this. I mean, there is no answer to it. I mean, there's a fundamental problem that you have the master sword. So there is a sword that everyone wants to get, and that should be your final sword. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't change that, would you? I mean, I guess the master sword is, well, has now been elevated to this iconic status. Although I don't think it's that great. I, I feel like... You know what? It's like Avatar. It's like, stop trying to make Master Sword happen. It's not going to happen. I really enjoyed in the pre-Destiny hype, in the build-up to Destiny, they talked about how you have a a story to tell about how you got 
the sword that you're you're run you're running with now. And everyone would tell their story of how they got the sword. So I like the idea of named weapons that are very durable. Yeah, imagine imagine if they had like a looter shooter kind of weapon system. I say a looter shooter, it doesn't have to be a looter shooter. I mean I just mean like a Diablo like weapon system. You could have rares and uniques and whatever, but they still get rolled. Like that would that that actually would be quite interesting. I mean and then weapons wouldn't break. You'd just be like, oh, this is trash. <laughs> Sell it. If I don't I don't want the problem with that style of game is that you're forever just pausing is that fair though? Are you really pausing the game to check on your loot? Yeah, break? I mean I think you you are. In the early days, because like every single every single piece of trash that drops might be better than the trash you're currently holding. And then like later on, later on it's just like, oh, it's blue, who cares? You know, but every now and then a rare or unique or set weapon will drop and you and you'll have to have a look at it to see. So that's one part of it. There's weapons, Master Sword is a problem. I think it'd be nice to have named weapons. I don't want to be I'm okay with a ramp though. I'm happy to have a ramp where I start off with weapons that break every ten strikes, but over time I have I get more durable weapons and ultimately have a master sword which is timer based, which makes no sense. Timer Well, you know, there was a version of Breath of the Wild. I mean, I think people have re enabled this with like, you know, hacking the game where after you use well, in Breath of the Wild as we've got it, when you use the Master Sword enough, it kind of like loses its power and you've got to wait for it to to get its power back. So again? So the Master Sword has a certain like power level, you yeah. know, like it does 40 damage or something by default. And then it, it, you can power it up by doing the DLC, which I haven't actually got. But after you use it, like when it runs out of durability, it doesn't break, but it just does way less damage until it like recharges. And then there was a version of the game where when it runs out of power, instead of just staying in your inventory and, and being weak, it would fly <laughs> fly back to the forest and go back to the pedestal and you'd have to go and collect it from the pedestal again. That sounds silly. There's like videos of it, like where people have re-enabled that function and, you know, it's like, my people need me and it flies off into the distance and then you go and pick it up again. Yeah, let's not do that. Okay, well, I mean, I guess they removed that for a reason as well, yeah. Uh, The other thing was rewards. But I think the more I think about it, so from every temple you get a shrine, there's no excitement for that because you know what the reward is. So it'd be nice if that was randomised. I I don't know if you really want to randomise it. I mean, I think Not randomised. I don't mean randomised. I don't mean randomised. I don't want it to be like you get something from that... From the... Are they shrines? Are they... The temples? I don't even know what the right yeah, term yeah, is. Yeah, shrines. Shrines in Breath of the Wild. So if you go to, if we go both go to the same shrine, I don't want us to get different rewards, but I, want, I don't want the reward to necessarily be a, what, what is the reward? A, glo- a spirit orb. Thank you, spirit orb. I don't want that to be predictable. But do I, do I maybe the problem is I don't want the shrine to be a shrine. But then, is that how, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it okay that the shrines are, are clearly a shrine and they're not but then if I look if I try to map that to Ring, which I shouldn't do all the caverns caves they're they're they're, they're basically shrines aren't they if you think about it they're, there's nothing special about them I think the other funny thing is 
can you lose something permanently? Because like in in Elden Ring, you know, you you can get like unique stuff from each like mini dungeon, right? Like maybe there'll be a unique weapon there, but it doesn't fit your build. You can just sell it or you can just leave it on the ground. But then it's like gone forever. But, you know, it also doesn't matter in Elden Ring because there's the expectation, like in all the other Souls games, where you can just go into a new new game cycle, like new game plus, new game plus plus, whatever, and pick it up again. And so things don't have, like, things don't permanently break. But, you know, you can also lose stuff permanently if you if you don't care for it. If you just like, oh, what's this trash? Leave it or sell it. But Zelda doesn't have that new game plus cycle. Like if you lose something, you've lost it for good. And I feel like that is also a factor in the way the game works. Like they don't want you to lose something forever. Which is fair. But maybe if they did have the my people need me, it can fly back to the shrine kind of function. You could put in unique weapons, you know, unique or unique equipment and you wouldn't have to like you wouldn't have to hoard it because it will just you can pick it up again you know you go back there and pick it up again i don't know you could just have it in your armory it's fine yeah but it's like the hoard. some people want a clean you know some people want a clean inventory this is the thing you notice when when speedrunners are playing the game they just like drop everything they drop everything they're not going to need because they, they want to be able to like find the correct weapon like you know in a second they're going to be like menuing while they're like going through a door transition you know so they need to make sure there's nothing else in there to confuse them your armory can be in your home and you can display it which is what they kind of did yeah i i guess there's like this tension between like uniqueness and just like high tier loot but it's also kind of just you know fungible the last thing i had was I think everyone wants better dungeons, bigger dungeons. Yeah. The the dungeons in Breath of the Wild were kind of disappointing. Super disappointing. I mean everything else about the game was so good, but the divine beasts as dungeons were not as interesting as the old school Zelda dungeons. Yeah, they were not intricate, which is how I always think of an a Zelda dungeon. Yeah, I guess they had the problem of progression because they didn't know what order you were going to do the Divine Beasts in. They didn't want to make one of them significantly harder than the others. And so they were all kind of a bit meh. I thought you were going to go down the path of you wouldn't know what equipment they had. Because it's interesting because... They've, well, well that's, that's the other problem, because you know exactly what equipment they've, they've got. It's the same equipment everyone's got. Yeah. Like, there's no progression in that sense either. I'd like to see that come back. But then it also means when it comes to dungeon design, I'd like it to be go immersive sim style, where you, there are multiple approaches to a dungeon. I mean, I think they should just put an implicit progression in and they just let people break it. You know, it's, it's like, I mean, this is another thing they should just learn from Elden Ring, right? You know, you can go anywhere in Elden Ring. You're just probably going to really not have a fun time if you go to Kaelid first, you know. But then again, well, no, I guess this is what you're saying about the immersive sim angle. If there's a particular item that makes, well, it's not even makes the dungeon easier. It's just like that is required 
to solve a certain puzzle in the dungeon, then you might feel like you're gated. But then again, if there's an alternate way around it, then maybe it Which doesn't matter. Hard. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Or make the alternative a harder way. So there is still recommended pass through or recommended approach. But if you want to be difficult about it, if you want to be a mic about it, you can do it this alternative way. <laughs> you can just keep smashing your face <laughs> into it until you're done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do think designing a dungeon like that is probably really hard. But, you know, they've, how long have they been working on it? It, it has been like five or six years now, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's probably enough time. Not, not that I'm saying it's easy. It's obviously really, really difficult to make a good, good dungeon system with that kind of, you know, balance and multiple paths. So I was quite happy with what I proposed. But then you really changed everything with your suggestions. Well, I, I think I was just thinking about it in a completely different way. Which and I would say in a much more exciting way. Well, I, I, that's the other thing I thought was quite funny because you approached this entirely mechanically and I was thinking about the problem entirely in terms of story and lore, which is just like, it, yeah, it's like one follows the other, you know, it's like a circle. So, so it's just where do you, where do you begin and, and what follows? So yeah, the, the shower thought that made me suggest this as a topic was what if you were to permute the Triforce which is to say in every Zelda game the Triforce is you know there's three bits of the Triforce right there's the Triforce of wisdom there's the Triforce of power and there's the Triforce of courage so those are the three bits that make up the Triforce and Link always has courage, Zelda always has wisdom, Ganon always has power. So what if you switched those up? And then after you switch those up, the natural thing to do is either you continue to play as Link, but if Link had one of the other pieces of the Triforce, what would that mean for the gameplay? That's you know? amazing. That's an amazing idea. Or you just always play as the person who's got the Triforce of Courage. And again, what would that mean for the gameplay? You know, like if Zelda had the Triforce of Courage instead and you're playing as Zelda, would that change up the gameplay or is it just a different skin? You know, so, so both of those things kind of lead, yeah, the design in different ways. Like, you know, I'm imagining what would it be like? I wanted more customization for Link. So being able to choose between the three Triforces make sense to me. Oh, choose. That's interesting too. Yeah. I hadn't even thought of that. I just thought about it from a story perspective. Like he's just got, you know, because you just got one of them, right? Yeah. Usually. But yeah, if you if you were able to choose and that just completely changed the game, that would also be quite intriguing. But the, the, you know what? Like the Triforce of uh, the Triforce of Courage is kind of like the heart ring in Captain Planet. You know, what's it do exactly? It just means it just means you've got guts, you know, like the Triforce of power. You're just like punching holes in mountains and the Triforce of wisdom. You've just got like mystical powers. The Triforce of courage is just like, I try really hard. I've got no powers, but I do it anyway. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's hard mode. <laughs> hard. And also by extension, Link is not an individual, right? He's like a blank slate. Yeah. Every man kind of character, yeah. 
So you can actually add even more customization to Link within reason, right? I think he's always got to wear the green tunic, blah, blah, blah. Does, well, does he have to wear? Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? Imagine if you permuted it and now Zelda's wearing the green tunic and then you've got, you know, so, so if Zelda had courage and you had wisdom instead, now you are the one who's meant to seal Ganon. That's not really a permutation, is it? Well, it is still a permutation. I mean, Ganon's still got power in that case. I don't know. Does does the villain always have power? No, let's not do that. We don't need to do that. Yeah. So so imagine imagine if if Ganon's got wisdom, but you're trying to seal him. You're just racist. You just don't like Gerudo. If if Ganon had wisdom, I don't know. Or you know, if Ganon had wisdom, would his plan be really different? It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. He's the big bad. He's like pulling the strings behind the scenes. I don't know. What would it? What, I'm not that familiar with uh, Zelda lore. It's Ganon's goal to get all three parts of the Triforce, right? Yes. Okay, good. So yeah, but yeah. That, that doesn't change then. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't change. Good point. But the the, the way he goes about it would be different. Like he yeah. wouldn't have like the armies of darkness or something. Or maybe he would. I don't know. You know what? No one ever really does seem to do very much with the Triforce in Zelda. Maybe maybe they can just even have the same bits, but you can just like make them use it more. I don't know. Yeah, I, I just like the idea of if Zelda had the Triforce of Courage or the Triforce of Power, you know, what would that make her do? And then if you had one of the different bits of the Triforce, that, what, how would that change your role? You know, I mean, I guess there's nothing to stop you still having the Master Sword and running around with it. But with the Triforce of Power, you'd like literally be a full on superhero kind of thing. And then with the Triforce of Wisdom, you'd have like, yeah, well, I guess you'd be a, a different kind of superhero. I'd like there to be some more, more variety in the combat. Uh, does, this, does this just mean it ends up like Hyrule Warriors? You know, <laughs> maybe you can argue that Hyrule Warriors is like an alternate universe where Link has the Triforce of Power because you're just like <laughs> mowing down vast swathes of enemies, you know. And I'm sure you can play as Zelda as well. Yeah, mowing down swathes of enemies as well. Yeah, so maybe, maybe, maybe it's been done. But obviously, it'll be more subtle, so it won't be like that. Yeah, I just, I think, it, I just think it would be really cool. Like if you, if you explicitly said, okay, this time, Zelda is the warrior, and you are like the mage kind of thing. Yeah, I guess that's that's the other like traditional like triumvirate isn't it you've got like fighter mage tank yeah is that right yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm making sense. this up i've got this wrong right there's like fighter healer dps 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 healer tank that's what i'm thinking of isn't it yeah but in you know if you're going to put those archetypes on it link is kind of the dps zelda's kind of the healer Ganon's kind of the tank. Let's not do this. So you could do, you should do classes like mage, barbarian, something. So, so basically, again, switcheroo them round. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to think like, what if you changed the archetype of each character and like yep. the Triforce that each one has is kind of like the obvious, obvious Zelda style lens to do it through in my head. And I, I got nothing concrete. I, I don't have any concrete ideas beyond that as like a starting point like a law reason to do it but i think you would end up with quite a different game 
you know, either because you follow whoever's carrying the Triforce of Courage or because you always follow Link, but if he's got a different Triforce, that that would change the kind of abilities and gameplay you'd expect to have. Yeah. And it's much better, much more interesting if you drive the gameplay from that and find mechanics gameplay to suit suit the scenario. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe it should be a mod. Maybe maybe you could make a mod where it was like that, but then actually you, you're kind of trying to put it into the... It, it would be... It, it, I guess it would be... You'd, you'd actually... Maybe you wouldn't be able to change the game enough in a mod for it to make sense. But it's like... It's like a, it's like a you know, an AU, an alternate universe, right? What if you had the same starting point, but you then permuted those things? Like that, that would be the clearest way to show it, but maybe it's not worth putting in that level of effort for <laughs> just an interesting idea. I don't know. When I was trying to pull apart or break down Breath of the Wild, I realized actually it's really well constructed. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason people say it's like, it, it, it probably is like certainly one of, if not the best game in the last 10 years. So I didn't realize there's quite a few armor sets, for instance. Mm-hmm. And actually, there are there there are ranged combat options. There are you could there are horses. You know, you're not stuck with. I don't know how you cannot be just stuck with Epona in in Breath of the Wild. I mean, Epona is like an amiibo thing in Breath of the Wild. Like all the horses are just horses you find. Yeah, exactly. So that's quite cool. Like I I forgot there's all this. I don't know what to call it, customization, per, uh, personalization in the game. Where are you going with this? <laughs> just it makes me smile just thinking about it. That's all. It's so good. It was so good. I mean, it really is a is a good game. I I keep me. <laughs> it's like segueing to the next topic a bit. I keep meaning to go back and play it some more. Slash again. Like I actually never did get the DLC for Breath of the Wild, for example. The one thing that did make. Uh, made me smile in the bad way was the Korok seeds. I don't... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the Korok seeds are literal poop. <laughs> yeah. Like, like they, they knew it. <laughs> they did so much of them as well. <laughs> that was the problem. It's the running joke is like, they've got a map of what the Korok seeds and it's just full on. It's just the Korok seeds all over the map. Like, uh, there's, you can't yeah. see under... There's, there's no green left. <laughs> under the piles of shit. <laughs> yeah, like what? I guess this is another open world thing, right? They always just have like some random collection quest. I mean, they really turned up to eleven. How many currencies are there? There's like four hundred or something. Yeah, but you know, it's something to do when you've got a big open world. You got to fill it with something. <laughs> yeah. So something I touched on was like I, I'd like denser settlements. It's not a big deal, but it made me realize it's actually really hard to improve change iterate on breath of the wild yeah all of these open world games it is a bit tough when it comes to things like density of settlements like the number of people you know i mean it's like it's not like the real world but then the real world is kind of, you know there's a reason you're playing a game right <laughs> so yeah villagers villagers characters etc i guess i guess they're expensive in terms of like effort to make them 
And also, if they're not unique, then what's the point? You know, you can make them cheaply, but then they're just boring. Yeah. There's something we've not touched upon. I don't think we either of us care. Would you want voice actors or voice acting? Oh, I mean, I, I strongly disliked the voice acting in Breath of the Wild. I mean, I got used to it, but I thought the voice they picked for Zelda was just kind of annoying. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was. Like, to, to begin with, I was just like, is this a joke? Is this really what Zelda sounds like? But, but then I kind of got used to it. I, I think it's kind of required, unfortunately, to have voice acting now in like a AAA game, right? Yes, but we wouldn't want more dialogue. It's not something we would commit to. It's not, it's not in Zelda, like in that franchise's nature to have more dialogue. It's definitely interesting to think about, yeah, what is like the style, you know, and how does that, how does that lead how the game ends up? Because yes, you're right. Zelda is very much about like show, don't tell. You know, like there is a bunch of lore, but they very rarely lean into it. it. You know, it's not it's not like a Final Fantasy, you know, where we've got like 30 hours of cutscenes or something. I thought we'd come to some like all might like some mighty prediction on what we'd see in Tears of the Kingdom. In my head, this wasn't really about Tears of the Kingdom anyway. It was about what would come after, right? Okay, fine. We're post Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm still excited for Tears of the Kingdom. I'm not sure why, <laughs> but I am. So, yeah, let, let's see what they do this time. And then, yeah, I wonder what they'll do next time. we move on to comfort games how did we how did how how did this topic come about oh you know <laughs> both both of these topics are like shower thoughts you know from me i'm sorry this this podcast episode is me like randomly writing some stuff in a google doc and sending it to you and be like how about this this is quite good i like this this, this is yeah this was basically i have moved country and started a new job and my brain is just full <laughs> of other things to worry about and you know what am i playing to take my mind off it it's not the sort of thing i thought i would play and then i was thinking back to other times when i've been busy and what have i been playing you know and there's been common themes right you can the games you play are a fair reflection of what of your state of mind so when I, <laughs> when I just need to take my mind off things, what do I actually play? That, that, that's kind of, 
yeah, that's kind of where I was going with this topic. I don't know. That's quite interesting, I thought. So you have like a five stages of stress. <laughs> I wasn't gonna use I was gonna use I wasn't gonna use the word stress, but yes. <laughs> like and where where am I at the moment? I mean I'm quite stressed, but I'm not I'm not yet at the peak, I guess, which is which is good, I suppose. There you go. <laughs> and then and then I was actually asking, like, wait, are you always stressed? Because <laughs> you're basically always playing like So let's do it. Let's talk about the games, right? We should talk about the games rather than just talk vaguely. So traditionally, my comfort games have been FIFA and COD. But now I find that they actually take a lot more time investment than I'd like. Even FIFA? Well, FIFA's just not got very good. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, but COD has taken more and more time. So It's like the grind, is it? Yeah. Like levelling up the weapons and... Yeah. So I need to be like... I want to be... I want to feel achievement. I want to be fulfilled, rewarded all the time. Because I think that, I know this, actually, this is my relationship with games, is I see games, I play games to achieve because I'm not achieving in life. Wait, what? Okay, normally I don't say the second bit. I don't say the second bit. No one verbalizes the second bit, but surely that's why, isn't that, I thought that's why people play games (laughs) as well. (laughs) Is it? I don't know. But this is just one of the things I, this is how I think, this is how I thought, this is how I thought. That's that's an interesting revelation as well, to be honest. You play games for escapism. So, you know, my, how I've, how that works for me is that I want to progress, achieve in games. Oh, and I I want that certainty as well, because, you know, you can achieve if you do these things. Games are fair. Games are fair. These are, these are all... So much BS. interesting statements. I guess I guess it's fairer than real life. I, I guess it's more defined than real life. Yeah, exactly. And then I wanted to talk about there's there's this we have two personalities. There's like how we operate in the real world and then how we we think we operate or how we'd like to operate. Some idea comfort games are like Animal Crossing and The Sims. But I never played them. The idea of playing Animal Crossing and The Sims is feels incredible. That's the thought of it. But I've never played them. So, so those aren't really comfort games. Those are like aspirational games. Those are like <laughs> the game I'll play once I'm happy and fulfilled. Yes. Yes, you've, you've articulated it really well. It's, it's, it's like the opposite of a comfort game. It's the game that you'll play once once you're already comfortable. Yeah, I not don't. A game I know. Once, not a game once you, when you need comforting. Yeah, so when I no longer need the escape, I will play Animal Crossing and The Sims. Maybe we're more alike than I realise. <laughs> and then, right now, for whatever reason, I am playing RPGs as my comfort games, and that's Mass Effect and Persona Five. Oh, okay, we're we're not alike at all. <laughs> I take it back. Because <laughs> maybe no, but then maybe it's because I'm at a stage of my life where I'm not super stressed or super like, um, I'm chilling for now, and that's how I'm able to take in these RPGs. Yeah, I guess your life is quite stable. Yeah, stable is definitely the word. Yeah. Yeah, you you know, you haven't moved house, you haven't changed job, you haven't, you know, 
moved country, etc., etc., etc. And yeah, I'm in a rhythm now. I've been here for two years now. Yeah, that's interesting. We should maybe we should go back two years and see, and see what we were doing then. <laughs> Because your life obviously was quite upended two years ago when you when you returned to the UK. Yeah, but I, was, I remember I was fighting Cyberpunk 2077 and Death Stranding. Oh, geez. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm kind of glad that we've put the book club on, well, not on the shelf, but we've taken it off a fixed schedule because, oh, geez, yeah, like, I I always thought I liked, you know, torturous RPGs and stuff or JRPGs. But then, you know, as I said last time, like I'm not that person anymore. Like I don't seem to enjoy them or I certainly don't find it comforting. You know, like I thought I would want to play Persona 5 and I set up my laptop to play Persona 5 and everything. And I've not played Persona 5 at all since making this move. Like I, I literally opened it once and looked at it and then just quit it again, which, which kind of surprises me. Like I thought like I'd get home and be like, oh, I'm just going to switch my brain off. And I play like Persona 5 sat on the couch or lying in bed or something, you know, like and I, I just 100% have not felt that. So what am I actually playing now that I need to take my mind off things? I'm just playing Noita. I've been playing so much Noita. I say so much noita. I mean, actually, in terms of hours spent, it's actually not that much. But like, basically, most of the hours I've spent playing games have been noita, which is a roguelike, you know, I mean, I guess it is quite tortuous, but then it's all about just getting better at the game and executing in the game. There's no story. There's no like grand progression. It's just like, just play the game and get good. And then thinking back, I think this is the sort of game I play when I need mentally comforting. <laughs> this is what you said, like the five levels of stress or something. Like yeah. the, the first level is programming puzzle games. So in the past, I guess that was Space Cam. And then I did recently go, go back through and try and play all the remaining Zactronics games I hadn't finished and finish them off. At least the main story. And then, you know, the, the, the next level up is the roguelikes. So right now it's Noita, but in the past, I guess it was the Binding of Isaac or Slay the Spire. And then the final level, which we haven't got to yet, is like looter shooters, I guess. Actually, it's specifically Destiny. It was specifically Destiny. Wait, wait, isn't there like a BR phase as well where you... I, I think BRs are cross-cutting. Like BRs, are, BRs are more like a social thing. Like I, I play, I play BRs... Okay, you don't solo when, BRs. Yeah, I, I don't ever really solo BRs. I play BRs when other people are free to play BRs. And they, they are nice to take your mind off things because they're social too. But yep. I also think they, you know, I, I've still been playing Fortnite a bit because Fortnite is kind of chill and the grind doesn't matter and so on like i actually think i feel way less like playing cod right now i mean number one i've only got the laptop so it would be terrible frame rate if i were to play it anyway because you know i didn't bring the egpu with me and then yeah also like you know if you're playing a br and you're trying to you're being a try hard that's that's quite a lot of effort right there's the grind and there's the effort of like 
trying to get good. Whereas like, yeah, Fortnite is mostly just about having a chat with friends. And if we win, great. If we lose, whatever, you know. You really say that? If we lose, whatever? Well, I'm more zen about it because, you know, (laughs) I'm used to disappointment at this point. (laughs) Like, why would you do that? It's okay. Yeah, Destiny is the most disturbing one, I guess. Like, I think the last time I was really stressed, I just played so much Destiny. And you play it incorrectly as well. I would play it incorrectly. But that was like the switching your mind off and just trying to execute, right? Like, I was was trying to solo content that you're expected to have a a full team for. Yeah, that made no sense. But it was just like, just, just switch your brain off and like execute the task. And achieve. And I, don't if you, I don't know if that's what really what you're gunning for. Yeah, like get this sense of achievement when when the real achievement is just so much hard work. Like just just get a bit of one in a virtual world instead. It's a win. Yeah, get a win, right? Get get a win by cheesing the nightfall by hiding on by hiding underneath this platform and sniping. That's what you need to do. Well, I don't have a new destiny. And I'm definitely not going back to the old destiny. Well, I, I was going to say I'm not that stressed yet. I don't know. Maybe Noiter. Maybe Noiter is the new destiny. I don't know. Noiter is really freaking hard. Noiter, it can all go wrong in like a second. It, it's a great game though. I don't know. I would say that. It's just what I'm playing at the moment to try and not think about. <laughs> Moving country, finding a place to live, etc., 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 etc. You know, these. you've done all these things. You've done them now. Uh, well, yeah, I know. Well, it, it turns out it's not any easier <laughs> the more you do it. It's still, it's still just as hard. So you made an interesting observation that I do the same things when, because I'm focusing primarily on games and mechanics, and I'm execute like on gameplay. Does that mean I'm usually quite stressed? Yeah, you'd you'd be right. <laughs> I think. Yeah, and that's why I don't. That's the thing. I I cannot enjoy the story right. You know, right now I just have no interest in playing Persona Five. It's just for whatever reason in these last two months. Now we have stopped with the book club game. I I feel like I'm just more chill about gaming, and I'm also more settled here. <laughs> I I did th- oh, this. This is like <laughs> making a rod for my own back. I, I did wonder if you were gonna suggest doing a book club app at some point because I know you have been playing immortality and i have played immortality if you want to talk about mortality i will finish up immortality because immortality nah, don't worry don't worry don't do, do it at your own pace do it okay, at your fine. own pace i do have i am curious but, I'm, but i think i've i think i know what happens so i don't care so much about finding out what happens mm. and so neither of us are actually playing anything that overlaps right now right no i don't think so i mean i'm playing i'm playing persona 5 but you're not. And I'm not playing it that quickly either. Yeah, but Persona 5 is going to be uh, maybe by the end of the year we'll have finished it. There have been, maybe. There have been some interesting games on Netflix. There's 12 Minutes is on Netflix. Oh, 12 Minutes is on Netflix now? Yeah. Kentucky Route Zero. Wow. I didn't know these were on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, let me see what else is there quickly. Um, that's it. <laughs> okay. No, there's nothing else. There's Oxenfree, I think, and Spiritfarer, but I'm not played though. I'm not playing those. Mm, okay. 
know, there's quite a few Netflix games I didn't even realise. Well, I don't know. I don't know when we're going to overlap and have a book club game again at this rate. This is not how I expected this section to turn out either. I thought this would be talking about Discovery, ultimately. But it's turned out into a game, um, a piece about how our mental state affects what we play. What did you, what was the discovery angle? Tell me what you thought. I, it was going to be, I need to play some comfort games or relaxing games and you're going to suggest me some. Oh, right. Oh, right. But your, but your, your comfort games are terrible. Yeah, my comfort, it's true. (laughs) It is actually really messed up. Like, you know, what would you think? Actually, I mean, this is a, this is an interesting angle to take on it too, right? What would you think would be a comforting game, right? Why was I playing paparazzi? You know, why did I decide I wanted to play paparazzi back then? It's because I was feeling quite stressed and I wanted something relaxing to play. And I was like, you know what looks really relaxing? A game about taking photos of cute dogs. You know, that's why I was playing paparazzi. But it was not sufficiently engaging enough. You know, that's the thing. And it's like, okay, here's a good analogy, right? Maybe it's a personality thing as well. When you are feeling stressed, one direction you could go in is, I'm feeling stressed. I'm going to go and eat an ice cream or something. You're like, I need comforting. I need someone to like pat me on the head. I'm, go- I'm going to go and I'm going to eat some comforting food or something, right? The other side is, oh, I'm feeling really stressed. I'm going to go and like lift some weights. And I'm going to go and like run a 10K, right? And so paparazzi is like the ice cream. and the super difficult roguelikes are like the 10k i guess and yeah what have i been doing i've just been going to the gym a lot and playing roguelikes this probably says something about my personality but well, no but that's how you're going to clear your mind right yeah exactly exactly right i don't need i i can't i can't afford to like be comforted and then lie in bed and feel sad i have to go and smash it you know i just got to push through <laughs> This is terrible. <laughs> but I've been there. I've been there. Like the stress is so overwhelming. You need something else just to take your full attention. Exactly. This is why like I was, I tried playing. I think I remember even making this comment, probably not on the podcast, but like I tried playing paparazzi, but it was not sufficiently engaging. And that's when I switched to finishing all the Zachtronics games off. And then now... The Zachtronics games, you know, programming puzzle games, not sufficiently engaging. Now it's all about the roguelikes. Because, like, in fact, in fact, this is probably why it's Noiter and not Slay the Spire as well, right? Like, programming puzzle games, Slay the Spire, they're quite, like, meditative. Yeah. Meditative. Like, they, they require concentration. They require, like, mental effort, but... No execution. You know, yeah, there's no, no execution there. It's like, take your time, right? Take your time, think your decisions. Whereas, like... Binding of Isaac, Noita, Gungeon, you know, like these action roguelikes, they're just like, no, you got to be on it. Like, boom, 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 boom. you got to be executing, right? And that, that takes up more of your brain again. Yeah, why is this comforting? Maybe this isn't comforting at all. Maybe it's just making sure you're the appropriate level of stress. <laughs> do, you, do you connect with the achievement aspect? Is that why you like roguelikes? likes roguelikes can you explain you not care for achievement like do you need your game 
to be uh, to be a place where you get achievements or success i think i i think you do need that feeling of progress to a certain extent but i'm not asking for it to be handed to me on a plate right i'm not expecting to win every time of course and that's also why the roguelikes are good you know if, if you win then it feels like you did achieve something but actually i only have one win in noita i've only won once like i'm not i am not good at noita to be clear okay i i guess this is why i'm playing noita now and not binding of isaac as well <laughs> i you know i got better at binding of isaac then again i never finished it i i, I well i know wait, 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 wait. I take that back. I I finished it like I I won, but I've never I haven't one hundred percented it. Right? There's there's so much more to Binding of Isaac that I haven't done, so it's not like I can claim that I'm I'm really good at it. Any more? Nah, I, I, I guess that's enough. I think we've we've drilled enough into the psychology of why I'm playing these tortuous roguelikes, and and also why you're finding comfort in RPGs. I'm glad you're playing them. I'm glad you're playing Persona Five and Mass Effect. For now, things can change. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, it does mean we'll have something to talk about at some point. Yeah. Whenever we do a book club ep again. We don't have to finish the game anymore. We don't have to finish the game. It's fine. You'll have your PC back soon. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope that, I mean, in theory, I should get the keys to a flat tomorrow and then my shipment will arrive a few days later but it, it might still fall through that like these are all the things making me stressed like that's that's how competitive the rental market is in singapore right now like it's actually crazy we were lost levels club we still are lost levels club please rate and subscribe to us on your podcasting platform please 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 you can find us on email mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club on twitter at lostlevelsclub anywhere else reddit r slash lostlevelsclub so mike what are you grateful for today i am grateful that (laughs) my stay in this service apartment has been extended by one week (laughs) by the company (laughs) so i don't even have to pay for it because that's how difficult it is to find a flat right now. So I get I get one more week of buffet breakfasts and living in the centre of town. Let's hope I get the flat though, because I'm sure next time I'm going to have to pay for it myself and it's going to be expensive. So Michael says bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>